HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. Here we cover a variety of topics that are going to help you be more successful in the field while you're hunting deer. Thank you so much for tuning in with me this week. This week, we're going to jump right into it. No uh, no real introduction, I guess, uh, because... I'm just going to do the introduction with my guest sitting right here across the table from me. Before we jump in, though, I do want to say thanks to our partners. First of all, Tacticam, the title sponsor of the show. Hopefully you've got your bow out already and are practicing for the upcoming fall. Hopefully deer hunting is on your mind. And hopefully you're thinking about self-filming your hunts. It's one of the most rewarding things that I have done, uh, making that transition to being someone who self-films. And the Tacticam point-of-view cameras to me, are just the most no-nonsense way of beginning to film your hunts. It's a lot of work when you start carrying in a camera arm, an extra camera, microphone, extra batteries, all that stuff. But with Tacticam 6.0 or Tacticam Solo Extreme Camera, you don't have to worry about carrying all of that stuff. Their cameras are light, they're compact, they've got just the right mounts and adapters to put them pretty much anywhere you want them to be. And uh, one of the places that I want mine to be is on the front of my bow. So I love their stabilizer mount that holds my 6.0. And part of what I'm doing this year, making sure that I'm ready to go, is shooting with the, not just the stabilizer mount, but with my camera on there already. And that's doing a couple of things for me. Number one, it's getting me used to that feel of that little bit of extra weight on the front of my bow. Number two, I'm training myself not to drop the bow arm at the shot. The reason that I want to do that, or don't want to do that, uh, I know it looks cool when you watch some of your favorite YouTubers, they like to, you know, fake a surprise release and drop their bow arm. Uh, But I don't know of a much better way of saying that. But uh, if you're filming your hunts with a Tacticam, you've got it in the stabilizer mount, you don't want to drop that arm. You want to follow the deer, follow the shot with that camera. And so, um, yeah, so I'm practicing with mine already. I recommend you do the same. Head over to Tacticam.com. Grab the camera of your choice, whether that be a 6.0 or a Solo Extreme. They're both great cameras. Go ahead and pick up the one that you're going to be using this fall or thinking about using this fall. Get it on your bow. Start practicing with it right now. And in case you're wondering, the Tacticam 6.0 and the Solo Extreme make fantastic Father's Day gifts. So head over to Tacticam.com. Grab one for yourself. Grab one for your dad, whatever the case may be. And, uh, yeah, start sharing your hunt with Tacticam. Next up, Onyx. This is that time of year when uh, scouting from the couch is kind of one of my favorite things to do. Really don't have a lot of uh, enjoyment out there in the woods once we get past, I don't know, mid-June or so. It's kind of like, man, it's hot. I'd rather be doing other things. And if I am going to be scouting, it's going to be from uh, either a vehicle or it's going to be from my couch. And Onyx lets me do that. Onyx right now has a wonderful deal going on. If you use the code DAD23, you can get 30% off. So if you or your dad do not currently use Onyx, this is a fantastic Father's Day gift. It's going to get you 30% off of their elite and premium memberships. Again, use the code DAD23 
That is going to get you 30% off of their premium or elite memberships. Go pick one up for yourself or your dad or the buddy in your life that doesn't use Onyx and really, really needs to be because 30% off is about as good of a deal as you are ever going to find on uh, the Onyx Hunt app. So go check it out. You can find them on the app store of your choice or head over to their website, onyxmaps.com, to learn more. So I have the privilege to have my beautiful wife, Miss Tiffany Rayleigh, on the show tonight. Tiffany, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Uh, so how long have I been asking you to do this? Um, a long time. I don't, I don't have a, a exact date, but it's been a while. Yeah, and so you're, you're not averse to doing a podcast. You're not, like, afraid of doing it. No. You're not against them. No, uh, I love podcasts. Hunting, though, not your thing. Not my area of expertise, for sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't even say it's not your area of expertise. Like you're, you're a, you're a good hunter. Like you've hunted before you've killed deer. Yeah. Um, you're a good hunter when you're in the field, you're very serious about movement, very serious about being quiet, stealthy. Like you take everything very, very, you're, you're a very intense hunter. Maybe a little bit more so than you. You're way more intense than I am. And I do it a lot. Like I really like it. So, um, but you just don't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah, it's not my thing. Why? I, I I didn't grow up as as a hunter. I'd never seen a a bow and arrow or a gun in person until I met you. Um, I I don't know that I even knew very many people that that hunted at all. So it was just not an area that was developed for me. Not an area of interest. It's just not how my brain works. Yeah, you you grew up in a small town in Alabama and. For for me, you know, living around small towns in Alabama, hunting around small towns in Alabama, I don't understand the fact that not a lot of people hunted where you grew up, but it's true. Like, I know a lot of people uh, who live in your town now, and even the ones that do hunt, they don't, they don't hunt the way I think about hunting. Right. It, it's just not the same level. It's like they, they may go out for, like, Thanksgiving you know, hunt with the family or like maybe every couple of years yeah. go on a little hunting trip. Yeah. We, we know people that literally take years off of deer hunting and they just, no, nah, I didn't get out this year. I don't understand that. Right. So when I met you and you told me you like to hunt, like that's what I, that was my conceptualization of it. That was my understanding of, of hunting. Okay. That's not a problem. But it is a problem. Yeah, it's it's a big problem. <laughs> so that that's that's good. You're, we're alluding to what our topic is for today. Um, the I think I'm going to title this episode something like "How to Argue Less and Hunt More" or "How to Hunt More and Argue Less." Um, not because we have it figured out of oh. how we work it to where I get to hunt as much as I want to, and we don't argue about it. Uh, it's not that at all. It's that through. Gosh, coming up on 14 years of marriage, mm-hmm. we have struggled through this right. year after year, and our lives have changed. So we went from being college students who are married to being graduate school students who are married and started having kids. Now we've got kids that are a little bit older. Neither one of us are in school anymore. Um, you, We have careers, right? And so um, life stages have changed, and my hunting the amount that I do has probably stayed the same throughout our marriage, 
but it looks different now than it used to. Like I probably hunt as many days now, actually more now. Probably more. Yeah, probably more now. Uh, but it looks very different than it used to. I actually, I wouldn't even say probably more. I know for a fact this year and last year, I've hunted more days than any time previously. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there are obviously some vocational things that, that go along with that. But it also comes down to us finding a system that kind of works for us. And I'm not saying that it's perfect or that, you know, there were no hiccups or problems or anything like that. But what I am saying is that we found something that works better for us than what we had kind of done before. Um, and so, but beyond being uh, my wife, and so I think able to come in and, and speak to this, um, you are also a, a licensed therapist. I am. So tell me, tell me first of all, why did you, why did you decide to go, uh, to go that route and what kind of input do you think that that has made you uh, capable of contributing to our discussions around hunting and time away and that kind of stuff? You mean, why did I go that route as far as into the counseling career? Yeah, just whatever you want to share. Yeah, so I, um, yes, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I enjoy what I do, um, mental health and uh, spiritual health, relational health. That all, all is very important to me. Um, being a healthy person and a healthy family is uh, a, a high value to me. Um, and so I don't know that I have a lot to contribute, you know, necessarily from a professional, you know, standpoint. However, I know that you and I have had to, uh, by necessity, put some things in place that work for us as far as healthy communication and just, you know, healthy you know, relational skills, because this is probably one of the areas that has brought us the most conflict. Now, I feel like we've navigated it pretty well overall, but we are, you know, neither one of us argue a lot, but when we do, it's about, it's about hunting. (laughs) Well, well, it, it, it is related to hunting. How about that? It's not, it's not always about like just me going hunting. Sometimes it's about me talking about hunting or me not talking about other things. Um, but y- you're, you're correct. It has, it has been something that has been a source of, of conflict for us. But, um, you know, at, at the outset, I feel like um, guys need to know that, and ladies, if there are ladies listening to this, need to know, like, you should have known better. I, I definitely should have known better. Like, I, at, I mean, from the beginning <laughs> of our relationship, um, you you should have known better. Like, I, I don't know of a better way to say it. Like, I, I set you up for success as far as knowing how things were going to go. Do you want to? Do you want to share that? Uh, maybe share that story. Sure. Yeah. So I often say, you know, there are there are premarital assessments that help you like navigate engagement and help set you up for marriage. And it's really uh, a really great tool. But I often say, man, in premarital assessments, it ought to say like there ought to be a whole different section for like hunters because those that hunt <laughs> there it's not like yeah, oftentimes there there's like a hobby you know part of that assessment to assess like how much time do you spend doing hobbies and that kind of thing but like when I embroider 
on an embroidery hoop. That's a hobby. I can do it for, you know, 15 minutes a day. Sometimes I don't do it. Sometimes I can let it go, you know, for weeks and not embroider those kinds of things. But like hunting is a lifestyle. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's a way of thinking. It, it is like you are hardwired to, to think about and to live out hunting. So I do, I, I've often made that joke of like, there needs to be a whole section in a premarital assessment about this. I would still choose you. I would still get married to you, but it would, would be nice you though? to know. <laughs> would you though? Because like, I, mm, there are days that I'm not so sure you would. Um, but you're right. I, I think too, though, it does come back to like what you saw as this is a hunter growing up. It wasn't the, it just wasn't the way that I hunt. And it wasn't the way that a lot of the people that listen to this podcast uh, hunt. Like the, if you're a guy that listens to hunting podcasts for fun, you're probably not a guy that's okay with hunting one day a year. Right. Or uh, skipping a season because it's just, you know, had a lot going on. There were some really good football games. So I just, I just skipped, and, you know, on Saturdays I didn't hunt. I just watched college football instead. Right. Like that's probably not your jam. Right. Uh, but there is a story. But there, yes, yeah, sorry. There is a, a story. A dramatic story. Yes. And it, it was, it was young Josh, young, less intelligent Josh. Uh, and apparently young, less intelligent <laughs> Tiffany. So Josh and I, you know, had met the freshman year of our first semester of our um, time at a, a school called Southeastern Bible College, also known as Bridal College, because everybody kind of meets up and, and finds their mate. Um, but yeah, but we're the ones still married, though. So. You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. So uh, we had began spending time together, and you had convinced me to go on a date with you, and I was a little apprehensive, but I... I, I was rough around the edges. You were a little rough around the edges. Yeah. You, you, weren't, you weren't far out of rehab at that point. I haven't told that story on the podcast, but you're right. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> you're like, wait a second. What? what did this just turn into? Yeah, you're right. I was not far out of rehab. So you were a little rough around the edges. I was a little apprehensive, but also pretty smitten. And so when you asked me on a date, you know, I, I was a room, roommate with my, my best friend from high school, Jennifer. And so we went out to the mall together. We picked out an outfit and the jewelry, all the things that you do, right, for the, your first date. So I got ready. She did my hair. It was about like 15 minutes until... And I, I get a text from you on our, like, super cool razors. You remember those phones? You had, like, this cool flippy phone. I, I can't even describe it. That one was it. a little bit later, that little, like, snicker bar-shaped <laughs> teeny tiny thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I got, I got a text on my, my little razor that you might not be available anymore and that you might be going squirrel hunting. Well, as it happens, we we lived very close together. We lived in the guys and the girls' dorm, and they they were they were buddies. They they were right next door to each other. So I walk outside, and you're outside with your Cajun friend. I won't mention his name because I still think um, I, I still have some anger issues with him. Not really, but 
I walk outside, you're with your friend, and y'all, you are not dressed and ready to go. You have not even thought about this date, and you have a crazy look in your eye, and you're talking about squirrel hunting, and you said to me, like, uh, I haven't ever gotten to go, to go squirrel hunting before. He's going to take me squirrel hunting, and I was like, um... I thought I thought you and I were going out tonight and and you were like, Well, we can do that, but like I'm gonna go squirrel hunting first and I was like, Um, I don't think that's how it works. Like you can't just come back like four hours later and then expect that I'm still gonna be here. <laughs> <laughs> but of course I was freshly eighteen and I had the assertiveness skills of a of a mouse. And so I didn't necessarily say any of that. But Lo and behold, you went hunting, and I did not go on a date that night. Yes, and that's why I say you should have known. I should you have. Should, you should have known. I should have seen now, all the flags and you, ran yes, exactly. very now, far away. <laughs> I will say, at this point in my life, I had, I had been deer hunting for, you know, for a long time at that point, like a, like a decade. I had been fishing my whole life. I had never hunted squirrels, and I'd certainly never hunted squirrels with a really good squirrel dog. And this guy that we were going with, uh, not the Cajun guy, but a friend of his, had a really, really good squirrel dog. So, I might also mention you had never been on a date with me. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That was going to be our first, uh, our first date. Uh, but I thought we could go on a date when I got back that evening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway, you were there when I cleaned the squirrels. I came back to the school parking lot. And offered me a squirrel. And offered you some squirrel. <laughs> and I cleaned the squirrels on the tailgate in front of the dorm. Yeah. And you took pictures. Right? Like, I've got pictures yeah. that you took. And so, I mean, it must not have been that big a deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we're talking about it 16 years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah. so, this is, could also be titled, um, How Not To... How not to uh, date a girl? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, well, t- Tiff, what I re- what I really wanted to get into, I mean, number one, I have to say to everyone on here, you have been a rock star. Like you have worked really hard to help me get into the woods and get into the timber, even as our kids have been, uh, even as our kids were born, and then moving into you know now them getting older and getting busier. You starting uh, your career where now I. I joke all the time, say you're my sugar mama, and so uh, it's because of you I get to do what I do, and I really, really appreciate that. Uh, and you have prioritized my hunting in a way that I feel like uh, it's kind of above and beyond. So I thought we would maybe talk about on here, uh, what are some of the things that we've done to kind of make that work? And maybe, maybe before we get to that, let's talk about what didn't work leading up to all of this. Early on in our marriage, what didn't work was uh, I was a big weather hunter, right? Like like in, in when we lived in Alabama and then when we lived in Louisiana. When I would see those cold fronts coming through, like that's when I wanted to go hunting. Pretty much didn't matter, you know, what was going on. If I saw a good cold front coming through, I wanted to, to get out and hit the woods. And that was because it was hot as Hades all the time in Alabama. Like it the weather did not get good. So if I saw a good afternoon in November or, you know, a a nice chilly morning in late October, I was going hunting. And (laughs) 
that did not work well for us. So, so what, maybe what was it about that, that made it not work so well? And how did you encourage me to pivot? Yeah. So I think as far as like the weather hunting, I I think one thing that I had to pivot first is I had to, to empathize and understand. Like it took me a long time in our marriage to understand what hunting meant to you. And over time I learned that it wasn't something that like it, it wasn't necessarily just selfishness, but like there was this drive in you to hunt as if you were bringing home meat for the family. (laughs) Now now I get that we have markets and we don't Uh, need to do that, but there's this drive in you that, that is not quite explainable. And I had to shift my focus to understand how, how the good Lord made you and kind of lean into that a little bit and empathize with what that must be like for you. But, it's As, primal. It's primal. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I will say the weather thing I also didn't understand. I, d- I did not understand why we could not pick a date three weeks in advance and I could schedule my 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 calendar and color code it for what day you're going to be hunting and I could schedule a girl's night or whatever, girl's brunch, whatever it is, because that just, that did not work. I mean, it was almost constant that I would say, well, just pick a date and let me know. And then that wouldn't happen. And then you'd say, oh, hey, by the way, a cold front's coming in. I'm going to be gone all day tomorrow. (laughs) Like, whoa, wait a second. That's not going to work for me, especially once we started having children, you know, like, um, and we, we had very busy lifestyles at the time being in ministry. Like we didn't have a lot of just chill off time. So a whole day, especially off, not on weekends, especially not on weekends. So a whole day of you not being there, especially when my love language is quality time, like that, that just didn't fly to me and it felt really unloving, but a shift in my perspective and a uh, trying to better know you and understand you and understand how you're wired and you better understanding me and how I'm wired and that I need some heads up and I like to have things organized and scheduled and that I'm a quality time person that all I think both of those uh, us understanding each other and respecting how we're each like our personalities and how we're wired really helped the both of us manage a little better yeah and I think another thing that plays into that too is one the duration of the season in um in the south because like this would start like opening day i always went on opening day no matter the weather i was hunting on opening day opening day of archery season and then typically on opening day of firearm season as well so and then i always had the traditional time that i would hunt with my family uh back at our property in in um south alabama right Uh, that was right around thanksgiving uh, but then outside of that, you know, I would just hunt anytime there was good looking weather. And then our rut was later in the season. And it wasn't just, you know, for you guys who are maybe up north or in the Midwest or something like that, you may not quite understand. But like our rut down here is not compressed into 14 days of chasing and chaos. It is, you know, 40 days of hoping to catch a buck who's who's up and cruising. So it's it's not the same kind of big event and opportunity. So there's, there's a lot more time. It's more drawn out. And so uh, I always felt the need to be there for that. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt the need to, to hunt that uh, multiple weekends during the rut or multiple days during the rut. Uh, always felt like I needed to hunt early season as well. Um, so yeah, you're right though. You, you, uh, 
made some pretty big shifts as far as understanding and knowing what hunting meant to me. Uh, I also had to get off of that cold front kick just a mm-hmm. little bit. Like I had to, I had to, to realize from your perspective, like you're much more of a planner. Uh, I'm a, I'm a planner. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to not have plans. That's what <laughs> I like. I plan not to have plans. That's my thing. Uh, Your favorite day my, is when you have something planned and it gets and canceled. It, and we cancel it. That's like my favorite thing ever. Even is when if I you get love to, the people involved. Oh, yeah. I can I can absolutely love the person and like cancel a plan. Like, yes, like canceled. Um, so, so, yes, all of that is true. Um, but when it when it comes to the way that we hunt now, we have changed that up quite a bit. Um, first of all, um, I've stopped with the whole, every time a cold front rolls through, I try to go hunting thing. Right. Um, I have decided to concentrate my hunting into what I believe is like the absolute best time period that I can be hunting. And that may be, you know, like here in Georgia, uh, if we find a, a good, you know, feed tree or something like that early in the season where there's acorns dropping your your face is losing i'm losing my wife right now guys this is for those of you who want to talk strategy <laughs> and deer hunting uh if i find a good feed tree <clears throat> and i have a good wind and good weather for that stand i may try to get out for an afternoon or i you know we have good weather roll through i may try to get out early in the season or something like that but i'm not going to pester the wife about it i'm not going to change plans for it i'm not going to shift things around for it uh, I'm concentrating my time and my efforts in what I believe is my highest opportunity, time and place to kill a buck. And what that means for me is that I drive 13, 12, 13 hours uh, across the country at this point to hunt for two weeks straight. Right. So in the beginning of our relationship, when I'm having a hard time understanding why you are talking about hunting all the time it also we were also in an area that didn't have great hunting no no hold on i, I can't even let you get away with that <laughs> it's not that it didn't have great hunting it's that it had no hunting miserable hunting it had it had the worst hunting of anywhere i've ever been in my entire life i can count on one hand the number of deer we saw uh over the years of living there like up and around our place um i had to drive at least an hour and it was an hour and 15 minutes to get to the closest public land available to me, right? That public land was garbage, and it was covered in snakes and alligators. So... Literally. Literally covered in this stuff. Yes. And so it was hard for me to justify not having time with my spouse and not having support at home with my babies when I know you're going to go and you're not even going to see an animal other than a squirrel. <laughs> like, why Why are we wasting our time with this? Yes, I get that it's relaxing to you, so let's do that every, you know, a couple months, whatever. But, no, I don't, I don't want you to have... Th- 30 days of hunting or whatever it is when you're not going to have any success. And that that's going to contribute to my frustration level because it's like I put in the effort to show you, you know, that care or to allow you to do it. And then you just end up frustrated too. Yeah. Guys there, what you just heard right there is if you want your wife to leave you alone about hunting a little bit, kill more deer. Like, just be more (laughs) successful when you go out. Because when you go out and you don't kill anything, she's like, what did I even do that for? Like, 
what in the world? And but but realistically though, one of the best things that you can do is to put yourself in a better hunting opportunity. And if that means you have to hunt fewer days to hunt a better place, I, I think at, at this stage of our life, I'm willing to make that trade. And that's kind of the trade that we've made. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't even say I hunt fewer days, though. I hunt as many or possibly a couple more days of hunting. I think a lot more. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're right. I, yeah. But... Um, it's all concentrated into one small window, right? So that, that allows us to do a couple of things. Number one, you can plan it, right? You, you can have it on the schedule. You know that it's coming. I'm not pestering you about it. Well, I'm pestering you about it, but I'm not asking, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Uh, I'm pestering you about it because I'm getting ready for it pretty much mm-hmm. until the day, oh my gravy, uh, yes. the day that I leave. Um, Number two, my odds of success are much, much higher, um, you know, of actually bagging an animal because I've got multiple days to put together a plan and adjust and move and shift according to what I'm seeing in the field. Um, it also allows for uh, for me to have some good weather days in the midst of that. Like if you take 10 days to hunt or 14 days to hunt in November – you're going to get good weather at some point. Like it, it may not be good weather the whole time. I mean, just look at my hunt last year in Wisconsin when it was 75 degrees on multiple days or 70 something degrees on multiple days. And then other days it was pouring down rain and lightning chased me out of the woods. Um, but there were really good, good weather days. Well, maybe not great weather days, but there were okay weather days in there. Like we had cold fronts that would blow through after it'd be 70, it would drop down to a high of 50. Um, you know, not exactly what I'm looking for, but but better. So all in all, that has worked better for us, I think. It was still hard for you, though, for me to be gone for that extended period of a time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's tough on any, you know, any set of parents. I mean, th- there there's a reason there are there are two parents involved is because <laughs> we we need two parents to take care of all the needs and so yes it, you know my capacity for any any parent's capacity to to parent for that long god bless single parents um it is just a, it's a challenge and it's a sacrifice yeah. but um so yeah it's a challenge but i also if i know it's coming and we've prepared for it and we've talked about it and i i know what to expect um and i'm putting on my empathy hat a little bit and caring about what it's like for you um then it, it makes it a little bit more bearable yeah what do you wish um like one of the things that i'm so glad that you have come around to understand is how important hunting is to me um it's not just like I see it all the time where the guys are like, man, I just love to go sit in the woods and watch, watch the woods wake up. And I like that too, but I really like killing animals also. Like as the woods are waking up, I like to put something to sleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> and the, I, I like being in the woods, but I really like hunt, like specifically being there for targeting an animal. Uh, and you've come to understand like my drive to hunt a little bit better. What do you wish I understood better when it comes to hunting and the toll on you and our family? Hmm. I put you on the spot for this one. You did put me on the spot for this one. I don't know. I mean, I think, um, like, I kind of think of it like, um, 
like like my cup being full. Like when my cup is filled, when I feel love, when my needs are met, when the family's needs are met, when the house isn't a mess. Like why'd you just look around at the basement when you said <laughs> when the house isn't a mess? <laughs> We're not videoed, you don't have to admit that. <laughs> it's my hunting gear that's everywhere. I'll I'll say it. It's my hunting stuff. Um when when things are in order and and you have invested in our relationship and in the the kids' relationship with you, um, then that that increases my capacity to even have the room to say, sure, that that sounds good. Go hunting for a couple days. Go hunting for a week. Go hunting for two weeks. Because when those things aren't in order, those those are prerequisites for. Uh, my ability to have the space and capacity to one have empathy, but but two to be able to say, okay, I think I can can handle this, um, or I, I even want to attempt to um, to handle this um, because it, it it does take a toll, and it and each each parent or even each each partner in the relationship, even if if children aren't involved, like you know only has so much capacity to be like, yeah, go, sure. So, so I guess that like, um, that when all the other, when all the other needs of the home are met, then it increases my, my ability to, um, to have that perspective and, and to give you that time. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that's a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions in the past, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with a 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. I think that's something I worked on uh, this past year mm-hmm. when it came to me leaving for Wisconsin in November and then me leaving for Iowa and Wisconsin this past spring. It was not something that I've mastered in the in-between. You know, it's it's something that we're still trying to figure out, especially after our move. I feel like things are a lot less uh, organized and a lot more disheveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, because we we kind of hit the ground running after our move to to Georgia too fast. Yeah, yeah. We we took zero time off. Like right. like literally, I didn't take time off to move. I worked in the evenings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I, I was I remember, doing Zoom sessions. Yeah. In between as well. So. Yeah, you were taking clients over Zoom. I remember literally, we're driving down, and I'm recording and editing and uploading podcasts from a hotel room, mm-hmm. trying to get all of our stuff down. Like I remember sitting in the, in in the Sequoia, like recording an intro so that I could get a podcast out that night and uploading it in a hotel room at like one in the morning. Yes. So I, I think that that does bring up a good point of margin. Like 
you have to have margin in your life in order to, you know, um, be able to uh, have a, an active hunting lifestyle. Um, and, and this season has not necessarily, or at least initially when we moved, was not a season of margin for us. It was so busy and hectic. And when you move across the country, like we probably would have been wise to have a little bit more margin. <laughs> yeah, and by, by margin, you just mean that space around the edges where we don't have something that we have to do. Yeah. You know, um, which, yeah, that's critical in pretty much every every bit of human existence. Just to be a thriving person, you have to, <laughs> you have, to have some level of margin, and we didn't for a long time. Um, when it comes to uh, taking care of things around the house, right, or, or making sure things are cared for, I often see guys talk about that as brownie points, and I, I talk about it as brownie points too. Um, I think a lot of guys, and I think I personally focus a lot on the brownie points, like, Hey, let me get this, these front porch posts put up. You remember when I did that? Mm -hmm. Hey, let me, let me get this floor knocked out, this flooring knocked out. Hey, let me get this other thing, you know, done around the house, this big project, um, that you want done. We are less often as serious about the day-to-day meeting basic needs of our children and of our wives and of the home in general, but we're tenacious about the big projects. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what, what is it, one, what is it psychologically that makes that, makes <laughs> that happen? Uh, number two, what if, what if this year as we're getting ready, that, what, if, what if I don't worry about? brownie points what if there are no brownie points what if it's just you just feel loved because I've just been present and present with you and with the kids and like the basement doesn't look like it looks right now right yeah I I think that that's it like those you know relational needs being met I I would say you know I I can't speak for every couple but what I imagine to be true for for most couples is that 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 argument about hunting or whatever it is of you're going hunting again. I can't believe you're doing that. Or you always go hunting or yeah, just leave me here by myself with the kids. Not that that's the language that we use, but I imagine a lot of those hunt, those, those conversations, there are, are other messages that could probably be better communicated, but are, Hey, I don't feel loved right now. You haven't met my needs. Um, that are legitimate needs or uh, I, I legitimately am struggling right now or I need time with you or you haven't shown that you cared at all. You sh- you're showing more care about hunting. And so I think one thing that we've had to do is get a lot better at communicating that rather than, um, no, you can't go hunting. Like, why would you ask that again? Instead saying, hey, I'm feeling really unloved um, because you haven't spent a lot of time with me. Um, and I wish you would, would put a little bit more effort into that before you're putting all this effort into going off to kill an animal. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really, really good. And, you know, I, I see people joke about it online. I have one specific person in mind. They do a lot of it but talk about the like asking to go hunting and that kind of thing and yes or no and ha ha ha. Um, and I get some of that, but really there's something way more serious behind it than just, Oh, wife doesn't want the husband to hunt because she doesn't want him to be happy. Oftentimes there's 
significant unmet needs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like legitimate unmet needs of the marriage. And and I don't love that language of, of like, you know, asking. Like I'm asking my wife to go hunting. But like I think what I hear behind that is like it, it is a team. Everything's a team effort. We're working in this together. It's not an, uh, a me decision or a you decision. It is, hey, I'm considering what, what my wife's needs are. And so, you know, the, I think that language of like, oh, my, my wife's not going to let me go hunting. Um, you know, I think that, that that creates kind of a me versus you mentality rather than, okay, what are the needs of our family and is there is there room for uh, is there room for hunting and and keeping in mind that part of that the need of the family is for the wife or the husband whoever the hunter is to you know reset and to to have that hunting need met because I know for you like it is your primary coping skill like when it I mean <laughs> there have been times in life that you have been so stressed I'm like I'm so sorry there's not a season right now but can you go find something to go hunt because like <laughs> you obviously need this and and that's a legitimate need too and yeah yeah so I don't have a, a, a ton to say about that but like you know, instead of, oh, can I go hunt? Okay, what are the needs of the whole family? Like, are your needs met? Are my needs met? And communicating that with kindness and with empathy of like, hey, I'm feeling really stressed out. It would be really, you know, I would feel really loved if you'd let me, you know, or not let me, but I would feel really loved if I got out this this morning for a hunt because I need need some time and, and God's creation and the beautiful woods. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think there's this element too where like, Things are never 50-50 no. in, a, in a marriage, right? Like, it's always it's always skewed one way or another. And even when it looks 50-50, somebody is doing, uh, you know, some, somebody is doing the cooking and cleaning while somebody's doing the working. Or, or somebody's playing with the kids while somebody's cutting the grass. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all hands on deck pretty much all the time. But there is the, you know, quote unquote, hundred percent, I guess you would say that, that the home requires, the home mm-hmm. requires a hundred percent. Um, sometimes and, it feels like 200%. But. <laughs> sometimes it feels like a thousand. And, uh, especially when you've got our kids No, they're great. I love them. Um, when it comes to, to hunting and for asking to go hunting or that whole concept, really what we're saying is, Hey, do you have it in you to give a hundred percent? and me give zero for the next however long period of time. Right. Like, that's what we're asking. Right. And if you look at it like that, I feel like it kind of opens my eyes a little bit to say, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly asking for them to give 100% and for me to give zero for the next two weeks. Right. You know, and, and have I – then all of a sudden it becomes like, ooh, did I set them up well for that? Like, did I, did I set Tiffany up well to handle 100%? of the house like am i leaving it a mess am i leaving a pile of laundry am i leaving cars that need gas you know (laughs) which is always yes when it comes to joshua (laughs) but listen but listen here's the thing you drive back and forth to places here in georgia i drive four miles down the road to get kids and i drive back like i i don't go places i either I, i drive four miles to the school to get the children or i'm driving to wisconsin yeah. It's like I've got two modes and yeah. and they're not they're not the kind where you I just I don't think I'll swing by the gas station today. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just very very different. So 
Uh, all right, so moving forward practically. So I, th- I think we've covered some things that guys can do. You know, one of them obviously being taking care of, uh, of, of things around the house. Not, not just like the house itself. When I say taking care of things around the house, I mean like take your wife on some dates and be present there. Go places with your kids. Take your kids on some kid dates and be present with them. Uh, be a recognizable 50 plus percent while you're, while you're around um, so that people around you feel loved and cared for so that they can take the 100% while you're, while you're gone. What else would you say is like a good way to go about this? Or maybe there's somebody who's like struggled to really have this conversation in a meaningful way. And this is just like a sore spot uh, for their, for their marriage. Uh, What would you say to them? Yeah, I think, I mean, healthy communication is absolutely key. I mean, that, that is the truth, whether it comes to like who's taking the kids to school or who's doing dishes or, you know, how many animals you're going to go kill this year. Like it just is, it, it is such a key piece of marriage and it, it kind of highlights itself. I think when it comes to hunting for, for the marriages that have a, a hunter in it, like it, it certainly, you can see those, those communication struggles come up real quick. Um, but I, I think being really healthy, uh, or, or being really clear about what you're experiencing and what you're feeling. But in order to do that, you have to know what you're feeling. Like I know so often I'll, you know, I'll get, I can get crabby about you hunting and I, I don't take a second to say, okay, why am I being crabby? What am I experiencing? Am I experiencing, you know, frustration? And I think a lot of times at the beginning of our marriage, like what I felt was neglect and that might, that, you know, might sound severe, but like when you look at, like in my world, like we look at feelings will so that we can add, you know, accurately uh, determine which emotion we're experiencing and why. And so to be able to say, okay, I'm feeling a little neglected. Could you step in and meet this need? Because every relationship has legitimate needs and has legitimate cues throughout the day that says, hey, are you here for me? Do you care? And so if if that, that you know, cue uh, throughout the day is is no, that person isn't here for me and they don't care, like that's going to create issues in all kinds of ways, not just hunting. So being really good at knowing when you're getting upset and why you're getting upset and communicating that. Um, But I think also in that communication is communicating exactly what you need. And that's hard for me. I'm not a person that asks for needs very well. (laughs) Like I'm really, really, really bad at it. But you do really well with that. If I'm like, okay, you know, if you're going to, to leave for two weeks, like the, these are what my needs are. Like I, you, I absolutely have to, um, uh, you know, have that house clean when you leave. Like I, it can't start <laughs> in a mess. Um, maybe other people don't deal with messy houses, but that's probably one of our struggles. <laughs> like it feels like it's like we are. Look, when you've got an eight, seven <laughs> and four year old who are just constant, mess makers yeah yeah there's we've no got way. some major crafters in our home so um we we try to encourage the creativity but man oh man it can get messy real quick so you know that that I know that over over this last year when you went to Wisconsin I was able to communicate okay before you leave I would like 
I would really appreciate if if we had the house clean, the laundry was completed, um, and then there was a couple like you know things like the oil needs to be changed. Um, that way, you, I felt set up for success and wasn't drowning while you were gone. Um, do you have what are your thoughts about that? No, that's exactly right. That's uh, yeah. I I don't think I do super well necessarily getting all the things done. Like I know for spring <laughs> for spring turkey. Like I, I didn't get to everything and it came up on time to go. Um, but you know, you said I do well with that. You know, you're going to get 110% from me for, you know, for whatever time leading up to that. Like I'm going to try my absolute best. Yeah. Like I'm going to be sacrificing sleep le- leading up to, up right. to the trip because I want to set you up for success because I, I value not only getting to do that and like what I'm doing, but I value what you sacrifice to make it happen for me. Right. And I think, you know, in the same vein, um, like asking for what I need from like our, a relational standpoint. So like, I love you, but sometimes your brain only, only goes to deer land, like, <laughs> or turkey land. Like, <laughs> I like it, it is just constantly on your mind. And so it's not that you don't care, but like you thinking, oh, you know, I took a trip to go turkey hunting. I should probably, you know, take Tiffany on a weekend getaway. Like, that just doesn't come up in your mind. Nope. But when I say, hey, I want to go on a weekend getaway, you get excited about it, and then you start planning and all of that. But... But you do really well with, hey, if you want to go on a turkey hunt, like, we we have to go on a weekend getaway before X, X date. And, like, that, like, you having some specific barriers, and I don't think that that's probably a good uh, healthy pattern for every couple. I'm just, like, this is something sure. that I've noticed about you, like, yep. um like before turkey season last year, I was like, that's great that you want to do uh, a whole bunch of turkey hunting, but we have not had enough time together, like just away without the kids. So uh, your goal, <laughs> your mission is uh, to, to plan a getaway and you can plan it all. And you did that and you took us to Chicago and it was so wonderful. We stayed at the Navy Pier. And I forgot I did that. Look you at did. me. Look Hot at you. dog. See, but when I'm able Man. to communicate, which I'm not always good at, I don't think anybody's always good at it, but when I'm able to communicate like, hey, that's great that you want to go hunting, but like, I also need you to put some effort and thought into this um, and not take it, you know, not take offense that you didn't just come up on that idea on your own because your your head is elsewhere yeah about animals and habitat and all you know that that that's a that's a another good point like that I think probably should be made at this point uh for spouses like just because you have to tell your spouse what you need doesn't mean that it's not loving or not as good when they give you what you need like if you need an apology and then you say well it doesn't count because I had to ask for it well that's stupid uh, it does still count. It sounds like you're talking from personal ex- like I am talking experience. from personal experience, but it's not at you right now. Um, no, you're the one that taught me this. Like, you're the one that taught me this. So, no, I'm not talking at you. Uh, but, like, we aren't always aware of what other people need. Like, we can't possibly be inside of someone's head and heart all the time to know exactly what they need. Now, can we grow in that? And is that another way that we show love and appreciation? Absolutely. But like, it's okay to just let your spouse know, hey, look, I, I need this time to hunt at a different level. And it's okay for your spouse to come to you and say, I need this from you. 
and you should try to meet that. Like you should try to meet them them part of the way. Um, earlier, oh, first of all, I did take you to Chicago. You did, and it was great. It was wonderful. And I took you to a swanky dinner. It was wonderful. Oh my word! And that's not like going to Chicago is not your. That's not your jam. Like, I hate it. <laughs> being in the city, like where there's not any greenery, is not no. It's your go-to. awful. But like that, it it even more showed that that you cared what was important to me because you were willing to spend time doing the things that I wanted, and that that is another another thing that I will say. And I learned this from a a, a retreat we went to. It was just a lovely little retreat, and they talked about. Um, the different um, uh, play personalities. And it's just a, an opportunity for like marriage enrichment and enjoyment. And it was so lovely. And they take such good care of you. But one of the things that they were teaching us about is like just the importance of fun and play. And they just made us laugh so much while we were there. But one thing that was pretty convicting to me was, you know, they talked about like entering into the different types of play, even if it's not of interest to you. And so like, honestly, I don't love hunting. Since I last shot a deer when I was pregnant with my my daughter, I didn't know I was pregnant. And I shot a deer and I became super emotional and it was confusing to everyone involved. <laughs> and I had previously shot deer. Yeah, and, and and I didn't know it, and so you were like, "Come get me," and I was like, "I just got in my tree. I can get away." Yeah, and I'm like, so I left you there. Okay. "Yes, yeah, you're not coming across really great on this no, podcast." Boy. <laughs> Man, this is like a <laughs> um. So yeah. So I sat in this tree, and there's this like mutilated deer in front of me and I am pregnant and don't know it and so I'm a little bit more emotional and I I am just not okay and so since then I I have not hunted and but the what I did learn and what what my takeaway was is it's important to engage in different types of interests um that are you know interesting and important to your spouse uh hunting's not interesting to me but it's it's important that I engage in that or in conversation about that because it allows uh connection between us uh and it's important for you to come to the city with me sometime and or you know I really enjoy exercising but you don't love to exercise just to exercise or to exercise with other people around and so you have you've kind of learned to kind of enter into that with me as well (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know what I, I but I do think being separate from your family is important like I took you to Chicago that stood out to you way more than I think it would have yeah and even though we did cool stuff in Florida yeah it was cool it was beautiful We went fly fishing. Yeah. Because it felt like it was 
just another outdoor adventure that I really didn't want anything to do with it. And I had a blast fly fishing. You loved fly fishing. I feel like I need to remind you how much you It was a blast. I so enjoyed it. And you caught your first, I think, you I don't remember. I thought it was going to be a hard time getting it. And it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a solid base hit, maybe even a double. <laughs> it was a lovely trip, but because it was focused a little bit on your interests, it just felt like, you know, m- uh, more capacity that I had to have for thinking about outdoors things yeah. when that's not my area of interest. Yeah, meanwhile, I can tell you that you played great on the <laughs> Oh, Joshua. All right. Anything else that we need to cover? We, I was like, hey, let's record this. And then you were like, uh, I don't know how much time we have. And I was like, we'll be fine. It's going to be quick. No worries. Yeah. 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 I feel like we should, we could probably talk about this for, di- for days. But I think, like, bottom line, like, care about what your spouse or significant other is saying to you. If they're trying to tell you what they're feeling or what they're experiencing, even if they're not saying it well and and you're not hearing them or you're not, you know, listening and taking that to heart and trying to understand what their experience is like, it's not going to go well for you. All right. Anything else? Mm, no, that's all I have. Thank you for your Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like I'm probably like I'm I'm the person <laughs> that that people often talk about of like the the wife that has to, you know, that has to give permission. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being that character. No, you're not. Caricature. We're, we're working together to figure out when I can go. Speaking of which, let's go ahead. Let's hammer this out. Can we do this live? Let's do it right now. What are we doing? I want to hunt. Okay. I assume. Let's talk about it. All right. We haven't talked about it yet. Okay. Um, do want people want to hear this? Yeah, I think they do. We've got, yeah, we've got time. So listen. Okay. Listen. I obviously want to go back to the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Yeah. Uh, more than 100%, but yes. I also yes. want to go back, so I can't go to Iowa yet this year. I did not apply for Kansas. I do not want to go to Kansas. So Wisconsin is my next stop. Wisconsin it is. Even though you, you have some other, like, potential states you really want to hunt in. Um, as long as I'm limited to one trip a year, I feel like I'm not that crippled to want to go to all of the states in the United States. So until I'm happy to hunt or until I'm happy to travel, Wisconsin is my next stop. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you're going to Wisconsin. I do. Sure. But Wisconsin is the one where I know enough of the public beach that I have a decent good measurement of how high they are and I have a pretty good concept of how many animals are there and what they're like and it's over there. So 
I can't miss uh, Halloween. No, that w- we thought that was going to be fine, but that did not go well for for anyone. Our kids were not. Okay. No, and I thought they would be, but they they were not okay that Daddy would miss Halloween. No. Well, and that that honestly is on me because <laughs> because you were like, I can't miss Halloween. I'm like, it is fine. My family's coming over. This is the first year we get to do Halloween with my family because we're closer to them. It's going to be fine. Just go. <laughs> and then, I mean, Halloween was just like, it was constant. Like, I can't believe Daddy's not here. <laughs> I misread this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, but I would like to leave. Yeah, so you're out of here. You also don't mind, like, driving through the night. No, I drive through the night when I can. Um, I mean, last year I drove through the night and I sat there and I, like, I, li- I got out of my truck and I walked into the house. Mm. You were gone for 10 days last year or 12? 15. Man, I'm a really generous wife. <laughs> I'm a rock star wife. <laughs> well, listen, I left October 31st. Yeah? Well, I think you left on the 30th. Okay, so I think 12 days is plenty, but I'd like it to be less, um, especially if you're wanting to hunt any other place. Like, you've been saying you would kind of want to hunt Georgia, too, um, and probably Alabama, and so we need to take that into consideration just as far as, like, what our schedule allows. Like, I do work full-time, and... Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I have to go into the office and, or, you know, different places and and do the work that I'm paid to do, so. I have to go to offices, because I get paid to work. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Uh, saying as far as our our schedules yeah. and what's reasonable and me you know still being able to meet my obligations what if we do this what if we do this 21st through the 4th and i know that's more days than we have mm-hmm. but with the understanding that if because alabama and georgia are both like with the understanding that if i do the 
That sounds that sounds reasonable. And then, you know, one of the things that we've already talked about off air is like, hey, um, we actually have not gotten a lot of time together this year, like yeah. at all. Between now and then. Between now and November, we are we need to spend some time together, like enjoying something. So I think we have already discussed that we have a little weekend getaway coming up, so Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm I'm satisfied with one. <laughs> um. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. Um. Possibly. That is not true. Yes, yes. So the plan is probably to utilize some PTO and soak up some time with the kids for sure. All right, well, that's all for this week's episode. All righty, good luck hunting. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcasts. If you could leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at How to Hunt Deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show and help me bring you great content each and every week. If you're looking for more outdoor content, check out the sportsmansempire.com where you're going to find my other podcast, The Wisconsin Sportsman, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts.